Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can now listen to Restoration Place on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or by downloading the Spreaker app to your phone or tablet. This week at Restoration Place. Sometimes in affliction, we're in training. We're developing fruits in the darkness. Phil, once upon a time, used to be developed through darkness. The greatest things on this planet grow in darkness, in hard, painful places. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. Introducing Minister Nikki Gilbert. Just want to um, pray before I get started. Just thank God for everybody who made it out in the rain or if it's dry, drizzling. Anyway, um, good to see everybody out today. We just thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are and who we've been recreated in you. We thank you, Father God, for just traveling mercies naturally and spiritually, Lord God. We just pray, Heavenly Father, as you prepare me, Father God, to go forward, Father, in your word, Lord, bringing your vessel of claim with this precious, 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 glorious treasure inside me. Just pray, Father God, that you just hide me in the shadow of your wings, oh God, let me to decrease as you increase. Let your word, Father God, go forth, oh God, and fall on good soil, Lord. May it just break any hardening pieces, oh God, like a hammer, Lord. May it just, Heavenly Father, water any dry places, oh God, and just have your way, Lord, just mold and shape us, Father, recreating us more and more in your image to chip away things that do not belong. Just allow us to be able to be able to give forth more, more, more fruit, Lord. We just thank you, give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um just wanted to thank my husband for just his support this morning and intercessory prayer. Miss Cole Pastor. <laughs> in the very she's doing her pickup, so just thanking God for that. Um, um don't believe I'll be before you long. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Everybody can sit. I'm so sorry for God. My kids are sitting so just went past that. Um Anyway, so this morning, um, I don't have a topic, so um, you can title it as it greets you and um, whatever you pull from it. So I'll be a little bit in um, 1 Samuel and uh, a little bit in Genesis and um, 41. So just bear with me. Um, I was reading this morning, and it was sort of running parallel I don't know how I think in my mind I was um, considering Hannah and also at the same time I was thinking about um, Joseph 
and I was reflecting back on um, just barrenness as I came forth. I thought about um, Abraham and Sarai. I thought about um, Isaac, and I thought about um, Jacob and his, their wives, and um, Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Rachel, and I thought about Manoah and his wife, um, just in a barren, just in a barren state physically. Uh, within their bodies and um, so I'm going to just start right first I'm going to just start in first Samuel I'm just briefly going to give you a little brief background it's a familiar passage um, with Hannah um, she was married to a man who uh, was a descendant of Ephraim um, and I thought about that today she's married to um, a great 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 grandson of Ephraim and Ephraim, he was actually one. He was a younger son of um, of Joseph um, and Ephraim. Ephraim actually means fruitful, so I thought it was funny. Here we have Hannah in this particular passage, and she's um, not bearing the fruit as she would desire, even though her name Hannah means grace and favor. But yet, she has grace. She has favor. And it's funny how grace and favor, the forms that it comes in, because in my mind, me personally, I feel like grace and favor is like, I have everything that I want. Like, not only that, but then God's just blessing me ridiculously. Yeah. You know, you can physically see it. I can physically feel it emotionally, mentally. And yeah. so when I think of favor, I'm like, I'm in overflow. I'm flowing in abundance. Yeah. So everything is coming at me at once where I almost need backup to help give some of this favor and grace that's upon my life. Yeah. And yet here she is. She's married to this man who decided to have another wife, um, which says a lot about him. Sometimes people want to take on another challenge. But um, I'm going to start in, um, in verse 2. And he had two wives. His name was Elkanah. The name of one was Hannah. And she's my key focus. And the name of the other was Paniah. Paniah had children. Hannah had none. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of a prophet, prophet Eli, old prophet. He had two sons, Hopni and Phineas. And these were priests of the Lord by title. And they were there whenever the time came for Elkanah and to make an offering, he would give portions to Paniah, his one wife, with children and to all her sons and daughters but to Hannah he would give a double portion he loved Hannah however the Lord had closed her womb and not only that verse 6 and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that Panai would provoke Hannah. Therefore she wept and did not eat. And then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? <laughs> Am I not better to you than ten sons? 
so I'm going to stop right there. And then I'm just going to skip over to um, verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, Oh, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And the focus is on this particular part with Hannah she's not she's it's not that she's barren unlike other women in the line that she's connected to she's not barren god is is just withholding um and oftentimes we don't understand what god's doing in the process like god's blessing her like she's loved she gets double what her rival gets and she's being provoked daily and sometimes i remember hearing somebody say sometimes that Provocation causes us to have a fight that we wouldn't ordinarily have a fight. Sometimes when you're being poked daily, mm-hmm. yearly, monthly, weekly, sometimes every second of the day, kind of like how the enemy is with the thoughts that he presents and we make decisions to go with it or to go against it. And so Hannah, she here she is, she's in a state of barrenness, but she's not barren. She's full of fruit, good fruit. But yet the Lord has made a decision to close her womb. And so she said, it was one day she was just like, all right, I, I got, uh, it's just to be so heart sore, to be full of anguish and affliction in a place where you're favored, where you're loved. So you think, well, what's the problem? You know, sometimes having kids, it can be challenging. As a mother, motherhood can bring forth its challenges. But she wanted something deeper. Yeah. She wanted another connection. Yeah. And they, every year, she never, for, she never ever gave up. So she sought the Lord in her affliction. And she, she asked the Lord. She's like, Lord, if you give me this promise, you give me this prayer, you answer this prayer, I'll give it right back to you. This is the one thing I really desire. This is the one thing that I can't do without you. That for whatever reason, it's closed off. And I know you are my, you are the one that I have to seek. That I have to see about in my affliction. Yes, I'm favored. Yes, I'm loved. But it doesn't feel lovely. I am in grief. And then not only that, she has somebody pointing out, reminding her of the obvious. It's nothing like being reminded of the obvious. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody says the obvious, did you know you have one gray shoes? Thank you very much. The same thing. Obviously, she doesn't have, and the woman, she has no, because she's not loved. Sometimes when people are in love, they become very unlovely and they become almost your enemy because you have what they don't have. And then sometimes they have what you want, but they're not appreciating it. My God, my God. But for whatever reason, God decides like not yet. And so here she is. She's fully loved, but yet she's feeling alone, isolated, not favored. But yet here we also have Joseph. And it says in Joseph forty one fifty one, 
And this is um, Joseph. He called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. It says, for God has made me forget all my toil in all my father's house. And in the name of the second, he called Ephraim, which means fruitful. And God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And see, here we have two individuals, male and female. So God is not recognizing gender. Nothing that they brought on their own, nothing that they did, just living life to the fullest, loved and favored. Favor is very funny when you look at it on somebody else's life from the outside in. It looks like they have so much favor. Hannah looked like she had so much favor to Paniah. She looked love. So the only thing she could think of was to kind of point at her. Mm -hmm. At what she didn't have. And that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to remind us of what we don't have. Yeah. He likes us to focus on what we don't have. Adam and Eve, the focus on the tree of knowledge. Why not life? Yeah. Right now we're about head knowledge. It's so much knowledge in the world. We have so much access. I was telling the student, I'm like, the, this generation is going to be a little bit harder because you can't say I didn't know. You have so much access. It's almost like overload. But the downside is you have to have discernment. You have to be a filter to yourself. You have to create a gate, a wall around yourself. But how can you do that when you have no gauge? My God. I was telling my husband, I was reading this passage in Isaiah. It says, when the enemy comes in like the flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And he was reminding me to watch where the comes, the punctuation marks are. And I said, when I read that scripture, I'm like, it didn't really bring me a satisfaction in the same way when he referenced we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Because I'm like, well, Lord, when you say you're going to lift up a standard, what exactly does that mean to the enemy or to me? I mean, is he going to recognize that standard of justice and righteousness that I'm supposed to be carrying forth in your name? Is this what am I supposed to be doing? Am I standing still in you and waiting for your perfect timing? To release this thing that is within me, this fruit that I know is belonging to me, this access. And so here we have Joseph, highly favored. His father covered him in a coat, making him stand out in the midst, and his brothers hating him for it. Because we all want to be loved by a father. A mother's love is nothing like a parent's love to be loved and favored and full of grace. Many colors. He had whatever color he could make as his favorite to stand out. And he understood he had purpose because the Lord gave him a dream and he shared it. Not everybody will line up with our dream or everything that we have. Not every promise and dream that we have can we share with another person. Because sometimes that person's already jealous of what you already have. They're already envious. They're smiling and pointing, reminding you of what you don't have. Of what your flaws are. Hidden. They're not even hidden flaws. It's too obvious. I can't even cover this up. I can't pretend it's not happening. She couldn't even pretend. There was no place to hide. Here she's living in the house with another woman. And here Joseph is. Being kidnapped by his own. Sold into slavery. Held captive. Yet he has favor. Favor of God can go in the darkest places, in the most painful of places. He's saying, my hand is on you, don't mind of where you are, where you're at, there's nowhere I can't reach 
you. I will bless you no matter where you are, no matter what season you're in, no matter what it looks like. Still keep coming year after year, month after month, day after day. We have to still keep coming, approaching him, offering up the sacrifice of praise in spite of our rival, the enemy, who insists on pointing out what we don't have. But what about what we do have? We have Christ. We have an open door. He's knocking, saying, let me in. Let me in. I will show you. I will give you a seat so great that will change this world. I will bring forth greatness within you. I will cause you to lead. I will reposition you. Just keep trusting me. Don't give up. Joseph did not give up. He kept, he said, okay. He made the best through his furnace, through his furnace of affliction, the bread of adversity. He still gave him favor with the guards, but he was still a leader. He was in training. Sometimes in affliction, we're in training. We're developing fruits in the darkness. Phil, once upon a time, used to be developed through darkness. The greatest things on this planet grow in darkness, in hard, painful places. A woman, she brings forth this beautiful, precious child in labor, in pain, in cycles, in different seasons. But we have to recognize that God's favor isn't like how we think. He said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. This relationship that we have with the Lord or the desire that we have with him, we have to understand him with our heart, not with our mind. Until our mind has been completely renewed. Because our mind will lead us astray and tell us, oh, I thought you said God. But God, you said He knows what he said, but do you believe him? Can you trust and have confidence in someone who you don't see, but yet you hate your neighbor? You love me, but how can you have hate in your heart? It can't exist in two places in the same way that a fountain of water cannot bring forth clear water and muddy water. It just can't exist. So we have two different people in two different times connected. Here you have Hannah. She's marrying into Joseph's lineage. His fruitful vine. And she's not so fruitful. She wants to know who she's seeking the Lord. She's never given up. She's pressing like the woman with the issue of blood. With purpose, determination, courage, boldness. We have to have it. And it's time that we're living. And you don't even have to know the Lord. You know it's getting dark. Whether you believe it or not. People are choosing to do whatever they want, how they want, when they want. Putting on whatever they want. Denying themselves the very image. Turning and shattering the images so that way the kids have no idea what it's supposed to be like. What they're supposed to sound like. I watch females, young females, mirroring young boys. And I watch young boys mirroring young females. They're mirroring each other. So that means they know. Because you can't say there's in between. Because you got to pick one. Which one are you looking like? I can tell by the saggy jeans and the underwear that the girls are now wearing. I can tell by the boys and this, the long wigs. Look like a girl dressed with a skirt. Leggings. Boys. You can't hide who you are from the Lord. He opens up the womb. He shuts it and he opens it. 
He shuts the door. He opens the door. When he calls, we have to hearken. When he speaks, we have to listen. Because you don't know if it's going to be the next time or not. People are disappearing and vanishing. God sees them. He's calling people, but everybody's sleeping and too tired. We're burnt. We're, it's almost like we have battle fatigue. It's hard to get peace in the midst of so much people talking. Everybody has a platform. Everybody has something to say, but they're not saying anything. How can it be so many words and nobody seeing anything impactful enough to change the world, to shut the lion's mouth? Who's thinking whom he ever me may devour? See, here I'm thinking about favor. And I shared this dream last week briefly. I mentioned it and I have to do it again. Because when I look at my kids and I look at other people's kids and I hear kids, others do my similar students saying, Oh, I hate girls. I hope I don't have a girl. They hope they don't have somebody that can create life. They don't want somebody that can create life. Because of the toxic environment. Because if we're speaking hate, how can we love? Where there's no encouragement. I thought about this time when I had this dream. And sometimes dreams are what keeps you and holds you. Because I have to tell you, the places we've been, when the places that God has placed us, mm-hmm. you're crying out to the Lord, Lord, when? Yes, Lord, how? Mm-hmm. That's the question, Lord, when? Then it's, then it's a time when you have to say, I trust you, Lord. This hurts, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. This really sucks. This feels really unfair. Mm-hmm. But it must be something great. Because I, I was, one time I was ministering, I could see people. I was coming out, almost like I have a birth canal. Like he's birthing me for And I had all these people behind me. Oh my God. So I can't even afford to give up for their sakes and the people behind me. Yes. I don't know who's behind me. Yes. Who's depending on me? Yes. Who was depending on Hannah? Mm. The nations were depending on Hannah to not give up. Yes. To not submit unto Paniah. To not get in the line with Sanapaniah, her rival. The enemy is our rival. Anything that's negative is our rival. Mm -hmm. Anything that is not lined up with what God has spoken, what he's speaking. And the same with Joseph. They they haven't, nothing they did wrong. Sometimes it's just a part of life. Is going through life, experiencing life, the hardships, the downsides. But then there's also joy, there's love, there's peace, there's goodness, there's gentleness, there's faith. Yes, yeah, and we oh, have to contend yeah. for the faith. Yeah, Lord God. Yes, God. And there's a, but there's something that has to be within you. Yes. And that's what God, he plants something deep within you. Each and every one of us, but it's us to decide, is this the course I'm going to take? Mm-hmm. Joseph easily could have given up. He could have just not even had even share any interpretation of the dreams. He could have remained where he was in a sad, a content state, a depressed state, a desolate state. Yes. He could have said, what did I do now? Mm. Either I'm kidnapped, I'm taken somewhere I don't know, I'm dragged somewhere, I can't even see where I'm headed. But I know what God showed me. Yes, I know the dream he showed me. It's something you got to hold on to. It's not even going to make sense sometimes. 
But it's we're in position. You have to be in position on purpose. We have to be in position on purpose, and it's in His presence. Because he's the one who roots. He's the one who uproots. He's the one. God's the one. Jesus said, he's like, I'm knocking on the door. I knock. Behold, I'm at the door. And the door of our hearts. And it's not enough just to be saved. We have to be filled. Baptized with his Holy Spirit. It's his Holy Spirit that gives us staying power. It's what sustains us. And we have to nourish our spirit. We will fall to the wayside. The cares of the world will take hold, take root, bitterness, envy. And so I'm just thanking God for who he is today. Yes. Yes. And the last thing I'm just going to share with you is um, for out of Isaiah and it says um, verse 4 through 5 do not fear for you will not be ashamed neither be disgraced for you will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your youth And will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is the God. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Just like Hannah. She felt forsaken internally, physically in her body. And I'm sure at some time Joseph felt forsaken externally. Sometimes it's an internal, sometimes it's external. Like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God, for a mere moment I have forsaken, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little breath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. O oh, you afflicted one, verse 11, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your great, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. God is a God of covenant, and he desires relationship. It's, it's not about how we start. It's how we finish. And it doesn't end with him. He's the beginning. He's an author, not of confusion. He doesn't bring forth fear. He's a God of love. He's a God of hope. He's a God of promise. And he's a resurrector. There's not, it's never too late with the Lord. Never. His his arms are open wide. His his hands are greater than the expanse of the galaxy. We're talking about a creator who's deliberate and intentional and strategic. There's nothing too hard for him that he can't plant a seed inside a womb that he already closed to change a nation. And there's no place too dark and desolate that he can't bring you forth 
and allow you to lead a nation. Amen. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you from Romans chapter 12, and we're going to start at the third verse. And I just want to focus in on basically one phrase of um, chapter of chapter 12, the third verse, excuse me. But uh, it says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. And what I want to get at here is God has dealt the measure of faith. Here's the thing we know from Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Right. And if God is the one who lets us know that Christ is the son of God, he's the one that causes he, he calls us. And if everything, all of the word is built on God, is built on Christ, like we're seeking Christ within this Bible that we are reading, he gives us a measure of faith. So it's simple to say that the substance that we hope for is, is Christ. The evidence that we receive is Christ. He gives us the faith to believe in him. So when we start saying things like, Lord, increase my faith, or I need massive faith. No, Jesus told his disciples, he said, if, this, if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, be thou cast into the sea and it will be moved into the sea. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about we often think of having faith the size of a mustard seed as something that's small that uh, we can plant and it grows to be something big. That's not what he's referring to. In Middle Eastern dishes, the mustard seed is used as a spice and one mustard seed can change the flavor profile of a dish. And so if you have such small faith, it can change anything. It can change the outlook. It can change the perspective. And it is Christ who deals that faith. And so we are taught to think to think soberly, not to think more than we ought, because it's Christ who gives us the faith to believe what we do believe. And so I want you to be encouraged today. You, you don't necessarily need more faith. You just need the faith that you have to be strong, to change your perspective. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.